0: Now, this fall, we've been focusing on three things as a church. A little pop quiz. Do we remember what these are? Gathering and regathering, welcoming and including new people. Remember the third thing? Growing as disciples and followers of Jesus. And our passage this morning is about that third focus. This is really my deepest heart desire for all of you as we grow together and individually as followers of Jesus. So let's pray. Dear God, open our hearts to your word flowing into our hearts, inspiring our souls. Lord, guide me in my words and form us as your children, all for the glory of your son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. So listen to God's word for us, Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth takes its name. I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his Spirit, abundantly far more than we can ever ask or imagine, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Paul yearned for his people to grow deeper as followers of Jesus Christ. It's an interesting image, isn't it? The image of being rooted in God's love, rooted like a tree. Do you love trees? I love trees. Trees are an important metaphor in the Bible. And this special status of trees in the Bible can be explained partly by the fact that the Palestinian world is dry and arid, and trees are scarce. Buildings made with wood are not the norm, but a luxury. In such a world, even the planting of a tree, a single tree, is worthy of note. And there are those Bible metaphors, right, that bookend our Bible. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the Garden of Eden. And the tree of life in the book of Revelation. So trees are apparently interesting to us, too. Look how our church logo has redwood trees. And I was just in Scottsdale, Arizona, at a retreat center. I was learning about mediation of conflict in organizations. Don't worry, other churches, not ours. And I was thinking a lot, I was learning a lot, and I was thinking about how we go deeper, deeper to understand what goes on beneath human needs that are present on the surface. You know, Arizona is also a very arid land where trees are scarce. And here was a beautiful tree that I found. Do you see that swing? It was a wonderful swing. I had to stand on it. (laughs) And maybe you don't see that sign in the corner, but here's a slide that shows you. Peace and good is what it says on the tree, which is a Franciscan blessing. But what we see above the surface, that's only part of the story for us and for trees. A tree like this isn't established overnight, it takes years, and what lies beneath is critical to the tree's viability, its root system, its access to water and nutrients. The roots also keep the tree stable in wind. So here's a tree with its roots exposed. We usually don't see roots like this, and this is the same thing about being a disciple, about being formed. It takes years of being planted in God's love, and much that happens is an inner work like we might find in a root system. Paul says we're formed by love. Through every part of our formation, through every stage, God is rooting for us. God is rooting us. God loves us. God is for us, nourishing us with love and grace. We are rooted and grounded in love. Knowing the love of Christ is at the heart of our spiritual formation. So let's go a little deeper in this metaphor of roots. If we think about a root system, it serves a couple of purposes. It provides a means to connect to nourishment. It also strengthens strengthens the tree, but in ways we can't see. And then it flows into growth that we might see in the canopy of the tree's leaves. A tree, though, doesn't find its own good nutrients in water. Those are provided by a loving creator working through soil and water, light and air. And it might seem like an odd metaphor for people, right? After all, trees don't move and engage like people, except in Disney stories. But I believe that it can teach us a bit about our spiritual formation to go a little deeper into this metaphor. So what does it mean to be rooted in God's love? First, it's knowing that we have an integrated inner being. And secondly, we have to surrender. We are a tree. We are people that surrender to God's love. And then from here, we respond to the flow of God's love, the breadth and length, height and depth. But first thing, to be rooted in God's love is knowing that we are designed to have this integrated inner being. Our inner life is important, and knowing ourselves in that inner life is crucial. Thomas Merton said, there is only one problem on which all my existence, my peace, my happiness depend, to discover myself in discovering God. If I find him, I will find myself, and if I find my true self... I will find him. Being formed in our inner being is a journey of self-awareness. Sometimes we might balk at the idea that knowing ourselves is an important part of our spiritual formation. We might reject it as superficial self-help. But the Holy Spirit is an agent of truth and revelation for each of us. And if we think about it a little more, It makes sense, right? There's no getting out of our own way. There's no avoiding the lens of our own experiences of what we know and what we experience in our emotions. We have to know those emotions before we can know God's love to the fullest. Our thoughts and our emotions are part of our human nature and we're invited to love God in the wholeness of all that makes us human. What did Jesus say was the most important thing about being in love and connected to God? The greatest commandment? You know that from your commandment. Jesus taught that discipleship requirement. It's found in Deuteronomy. It's shared in all the gospels. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Why don't we repeat it together? The Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. That's what it means to be an integrated inner being connected to God's love. Let's look at those elements of heart, soul, and might as Jesus and his disciples might have, how they would have understood those words in Hebrew. Heart. Heart was considered the source of your thinking and your will, which seems surprising to us, but think about it this way. When you think of something delightful or scary, where might you feel a reaction in your heart beating faster? It's this idea of integrating your mind and your will and your reactions together in your heart. That was how the ancient people thought of it. And soul was understood to be the source of your life, your life's essence of being alive, but this idea of might, this part is really interesting. The Hebrew word in Deuteronomy isn't that common word for strength or effort. The Hebrew word used for might is often and most likely used as an adverb. You might translate it as very. So you might imagine loving the Lord your God with all your veriness. It sounds strange. But think of it as your muchness, the source of all that you are, everything that makes you uniquely you. You aren't loving God out of some strength or personal power, but out of the substance of who you are, your emotions, your feelings, your temperament, the fullness of your personality, your quirks, your beauty, your scars, your brokenness. Being rooted in God's love means being aware of your inner self, how it comes together, heart, soul, and all the substance of you. So it's worth some work in your lives. And sometimes integration and self-awareness is painful. I know this. After I came to faith in Jesus and I began to grow spiritually, as I began to serve in the church, I encountered some obstacles that confused me, a mix of reactions, emotions, and yearnings, things that surprised me, And what we discover when we go deeper is that there's a hidden broken self that we don't always acknowledge, tied to our emotions, often linked to sin or shame. We learn that to go deeper, I learned that to grow deeper, I had to let God's light shine into all that was deep within me. So, how do we get to that place of examining our emotions? Sometimes crisis will bring us to examine them, a surrendering. And in human life, the human condition, there is always going to be a crisis, sooner or later. Spiritual hunger and emotional thirst and pain, they're a good sign that something is happening in our soul, in our inner being. So I ask you to consider what pains you, What worries you? What do you yearn for? We're rooted into God's love through our complicated inner being. This is something that we have to understand because we are rooted to God's love and we're invited to surrender to that love in our times of suffering. To be human is to love and to suffer. Franciscan Richard Rohr wrote about the power of suffering I read this this week and it struck me how powerful it was. This is what he said Love is what we long for and we're created for. In fact, love is what we are as an outpouring from God. But suffering often seems to be our opening to that need, that desire, and that identity. Love and suffering are the main portals that open the mind space and heart space. Either can come first, breaking us into breadth and depth and communion. We try to work it out in our heads, but our minds alone can't get there. We must love with our whole heart, our whole soul, our whole mind, and our whole strength. Does that seem true, church? It did to me this week. Surrendering our weakness to God, that was something the Apostle Paul knew about, he said to the Corinthians, three times I appealed to the Lord about this, that it would leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you from power is made perfect in weakness. So I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Amen. You know, people usually seek power and self-sufficiency to a avoid suffering, to feel secure. This is what I've found. Part of our challenge is that we cast about and we seek to be rooted in other things, good things, rather than being rooted in God's love. Sometimes we find evidence of what we're seeking to be rooted to through what we dream about from our past, what we think about, and sometimes what we hope for from the future. I find I keep dreaming and ruminating about my old house, the way the light came through the windows in the morning, the way I remembered my children as babies playing on the floor with my late grandmother. I remember my late father in that backyard. I remember the huge valley oak that canopied the whole yard, and that my family, my my parents, lived only five minutes away. I remember the gate between my house and my neighbor's house where we could go back and forth. The children I knew could always go next door for help if they needed it. And what I yearn for is probably not that house, but a sweeter, easier time before things became hard for our family, before some losses and illness and separation, before disappointments, some deep disappointments. Maybe you can relate to this kind of yearning but that kind of rootedness of a home and place and a time, that isn't the kind of rootedness we can depend on for our whole lives. They were very good things. They were blessings, but things can and will change in all of our lives. So although we might wish for a different life instead of circumstances, we're here where we're planted, a bit like a tree. No matter what has been on, going on in your life, no matter what your weakness or your suffering, Jesus can absorb it, redeem it, make it rich soil, providing water and nutrients for you to grow. When oh, I get this is painful. I know this is painful. I know that many of you are suffering the pain of being formed by suffering right now. Being formed through love and suffering is not easy. Being planted in the circumstances that we do not choose is hard. But I want to assure you, church, that God loves each of us through this, through every part of this. Jesus came to live with us, to be fully God and fully human, to demonstrate how much he knows the challenge of the human condition, to demonstrate how much he loves us. And here we are on the cusp of Advent as we anticipate Jesus, God with us, born to our hearts anew this Christmas time. So church, what does it mean to be rooted in love? It means knowing that we are integrated inner beings, paying attention to the work of our inner self. It means surrendering to God's love in the suffering because this is the human condition. If you're not suffering now, there probably will be a time. We know this, right? To love is to suffer, because to love is to have a time someday of separation. But then what is our response as disciples? How do we respond to this flow of God's love, this rootedness, that we might know the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and be formed by it? Well, church, it isn't about works. Growth is about being rooted in God's love. That comes first. If you're planted in God's love, everything flows from that, not a step list of works that you need to follow. If you're connected to God's love, aware of your inner being, it opens the portal for God to work through love and suffering that will happen in your life. Spiritual formation starts with love because God is rooting for you. God loves you. How to stay connected and attuned to God's roots in your life? Well, commitment to this church, connection to each other. These could be roots and places where you're planted. You're not here by accident. Find your own daily practice of turning to God, your need for God. Whether it is a silent, quiet place, whether it's a time of walking or running or moving, Make that time a time to connect with God, even if it is in the shower. Find a place for you and God. Every day, spend some time to learn about God's love. Find a time to read a bit in the Bible. Read a psalm a day. Find a short devotion you like. There are so many apps that can help you. It's a good use of the internet, folks. Better than that doom scrolling, and you know what I mean. Stay connected to God's love. Stay rooted to God's love. And if you are in the midst of suffering and you're looking to understand how can God's love be present in the midst of what you are carrying, reach out to your pastors. Ask for a Stephen minister to companion you because God's love for you is the source from where everything flows in your life, your growth. And I pray for you, that you would be rooted and grounded in God's love, the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.